Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Those with the shelters with bird watching. I love that uh, line. Have you found what you're looking for? It's been here all along. Again, that was uh, the shelters. We'll listen a little bit more later on. But standing by to kick off the show is Grant Brenner. He's written this book uh, with some other authors as well called Relationship Sanity, Creating and Maintaining Healthy Relationships. Good morning, Grant. Good morning, Janine. Thank you for calling. I'm great. Your book really intrigued me, Relationship Sanity. How did that come about? We, well, we wrote our first book. It was published in 2015 called Ear Relationship, How We Use Dysfunctional Relationships to Hide from Intimacy. And that first book is meant for, like, one person to read. Mm-hmm. And there's steps at the end that we call the, the dream sequence, which we can talk about. But we had a lot of interest from our readers and our clients uh, for a book that couples could use together that would make it really clear what they needed to do uh, if they were motivated to get to a, a better relationship. And we, we flipped the script a little from your relationship dysfunction to relationship sanity as health. I like that. Now, you're a psychiatrist, and the co-authors, one is a psychoanalyst, Mark Borg. Yes. And then you yeah, have... Yes, so I'm, I'm a psychiatrist. I, I actually did surgery for two years prior uh-huh. to going into psychiatry when I was a child, I wanted to be a psychoanalyst, you, you, uh, you and I'm did? also psychoanalytically trained. Wow. Mark is, is a psychologist, but we both trained at the same institute, the White Institute, and our third co-author is a registered nurse and mental health administrator who has a lot of experience working with uh, people in groups and in relationships. Can I, qu- I want to back up a quick second. How did you know as a child you wanted to be a um, psychiatrist? Well, I didn't, I didn't want to be a psychiatrist. I wanted to be a psychoanalyst. So I grew up in, I grew up in suburban New Jersey, mm-hmm. and I grew up in an environment which was pretty intellectual, and, you know, everyone had an analyst. Uh, so it was in the air, this particular <laughs> subculture. And then, you know, I went to the mall, and I was really interested in psychology and science. So I think around the age of 10 or 11, I picked up... Um, some review books about the work of Sigmund Freud and the work of Carl Jung, Carl Jung um, along with more cognitive psychology uh, and things like Alan Watts. And so I just, I just knew at an early age that I was interested in, in getting engaged with people in this way. Um, and, of course, there's family stuff. People in the family, yes. you know, were in therapy, and yeah. there, there was some not that happy stuff going on. Yeah. Well, it's great that you that you found your focus at an early age. So let's talk about uh, your approach. Um, you have a forty twenty forty. What is that? Forty twenty forty is a is a communication tool. So there's three parts in any conversation: you, me, and us. And in a relationship, the us is really important. So we define that there's like a middle ground of this at least twenty percent. And in the process of communicating, we take turns, and we actually use a timer. And so when you speak, the other person listens compassionately, and the idea is to try to speak without judgment or blame from your own experience, which is, you know, something that's common in couples therapy. You know, avoid the you statements, talk about how you feel, and, and then you listen when the other person speaks 
we found that when people do this, and, and it takes some practice, they, they get much closer to one another, and rather than conflict, they start to actually be able to work through things. In this book, you also have uh, some case studies that talk about dysfunctional, toxic, or estranged relationships. I mean, sometimes I feel like it's okay. If there's a toxic relationship, I feel like you have to s- take a step back and save yourself. What's your feeling on that? That's definitely true. If someone is, well, what do you mean by toxic? In an abusive relationship, I think for sure, you know, self-preservation is important. And the cases in our book are not cases of domestic violence or abuse. They're people who most, you know, most commonly really want to be together, uh, but they, they've gotten sidetracked into playing out basically childhood caregiving patterns the people in our books were all people who had to be, um, you know, grow up too fast as kids in order to take care of their, their parents in different ways. And so this makes them get into relationships in adulthood where are trying to do the same thing. And it feels like you're trying to get close to people because you really want to. But what people generally aren't aware of is how anxious they are about what would happen if they really did get close. Mm-hmm. So the toxicity is not like an abusive toxicity. It's, it's a kind of like, you hurt me and I hurt you. Do we want to change things together? You know, but some people will decide to move on as well. Yes. Yeah, I think it depends on your situation. Um, what was the process like writing this book? It's an interesting process. So Mark is incredibly prolific. He writes voluminously, and he writes... Uh, psychoanalytically, and he writes case studies. He does a lot of couples work. Um, I go through the manuscript, and then I put in the examples that I have. And I'm I'm psychoanalytic, but I'm very oriented toward cognitive science and neuroscience and attachment theory. And so I I introduce a lot of that material and and shape it. And Danny uh, brings his own perspective from his clinical experience as well as his uh, editorial experience. He's got a great uh, editorial voice as well. And then we, we, go, we go around in a kind of an organic way with it. That's great. And I know that you have some quizzes and exercises, as well as assessment charts, right? Yeah, well, relationship sanity is designed to be used by a couple together. And so it's a kind of an amalgam between a workbook and a self, we say, self-other help. Uh, because you need other people to help yourself. Um, so when people work through the book, each chapter has specific exercises that build uh, off one another, starting with um, cultivating compassion for oneself and other people. I think it sounds great. And uh, let's talk about the, the compassionate empathy part of the book. It's a tool. Yeah, there's a huge amount of research, you know, on, compa- on compassion-based meditation. It's, it's, sometimes it's called mindfulness plus, mm-hmm. because you, you need to be good at mindfulness meditation. And compassion-based meditations involve exercising, essentially, compassion circuits in the brain. Um, and the way that people do that is by uh, imagining in, in realistic detail experiences where they were in warm caring relationships, and then you practice giving compassion and receiving compassion. And what the research shows is this actually can improve things like neuroplasticity 
and basically shift from like a blaming mindset to an open and curious mindset. It also gives people um, a little more wiggle room, you know, because we all trip up. And what happens in relationships is people are just ready to, uh, you know, attack as soon as someone has a little mistake. And so if people are compassionate with one another, then, you know, there's a much better chance that a couple is going to be able to do the work they need to do. Yes. You know, one thing I want to mention is I feel, I know this holds true for me, if you're a happier person, you're happier in your, uh, your home life, uh, you're going to be nice to the total stranger next to you, you know, you're, you're just going to be, I think, a more compassionate person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. For me, I think what we talk about, although our work has mostly focused on romantic couples, we've talked about the workplace and we've talked about friends and family and, and the planet, too. I think, I think our feeling is that the problems that we have taking care of one another, you know, ex- extend to a much broader level and certainly... You know, a philosophy of compassion is uh, is one of the historical approaches to trying to deal with humanity's problems. The reason I say this is because I think sometimes, well, I know this has happened. This even happened to me yesterday. I was traveling, and I, I'm in the restroom, and there's an 18-year-old girl crying. She's sobbing, and she's telling me that she missed her connection, and somebody was verbally um, abusive that worked at the airline. And she was trying to talk to her mom. Here she's traveling all alone. She was scared. And the person was really mean. And I feel like for people that have their own baggage, they take it out on total strangers. Yeah. I mean, I live in, I live in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You reminded me of we were on the bus. And this one bus driver is kind of, kind of jerky. I'm sure he's got problems, you know, and compassionate. The door closed on my daughter's foot. She was okay. And then we were on the bus, and this little kid, didn't know where he was going. He was maybe 10, the first day of school, and the bus driver was, you know, didn't, wasn't really telling him where to go. The kid almost got off at the wrong stop, so, you know, my wife and I talked with him and figured out where he needed to go. Mm-hmm. But I think it starts, you know, it starts with self-compassion in, in a way. Um, I think it's a domino effect. I think what your, your book is great, and I think if you can build these healthy relationships within your own, you know, tribe and your family, and it's going to spill over into society. Yeah, well, we certainly hope so. I think, you know, as therapists, we, we know that it's kind of one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's, that takes a long time. It sure does. Uh, but on the collective level, I think it's really important for people to try to be compassionate with one another, too. Absolutely. We have a few more minutes, but what else would you like listeners to know about your book? Well, you know, we start with compassionate empathy, and we have the 40-20-40, which, which is a real practice, and it's incredibly useful for couples who are dealing with a conflict. Instead of fighting and getting nowhere, the 40-20-40, you know, provides some element of sanity to the conversation. And by the end of the book, uh, couples can use what is called the dream sequence. Um, so dream stands for discovery, repair, empowerment, alternatives, and mutuality. And we use illustrations of the, of the couples portrayed in the book and exercises to bring the couples who are working through the Greek dream sequence uh, together. Uh, discovery starts with the recognition of what the problems are, and then repair is, 
is part of what happens in the 40-20-40 when we listen compassionately to each other. And then when people let go of their anxiety, they start to feel more empowered and see that they had a lot of other options that they hadn't seen before. And, you know, throughout the process, there's greater give and take and reciprocity. Mm-hmm. Couples end up enjoying a sense of mutuality with one another that they didn't have. Do you feel like a lot of this anxiety comes from anger and fear? I think it comes from anger and fear, and, and from my point of view, it comes from hurt mm-hmm. um, and developmental trauma in a lot of cases, and it, it's a lot harder for people to deal with the sense of injury and the effect that it has on their self-esteem, um, and so things like anger and fear serve uh, you know, a defensive function so that people can stay away from thinking about really how hurt they've been. Right, exactly. So where, where can people find out more about you and your book? Oh, well, thanks for asking. We have our website is irrelationship.com. That's I-R-R relationship.com or relationshipsanity.com. And we have uh, Twitter and Facebook presence as well. And then finally, we have a blog on psychology today called Relationship Sanity, and people can con- contact us through there as well. Fantastic. Grant, thanks so much for calling in the show. Congratulations on this book, Relationship Sanity, Creating and Maintaining Healthy Relationships. Grant Brenner, thanks so much. Thank you. Have Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. If you missed any part of my conversation with Grant Brenner, it will be up on the show blog within an hour or so after I wrap. We'll take a little break, and then we're going to talk to another cast member of Damaged Furniture. Actress Peggy Etra is joining us in just a little bit from Damaged Furniture. So we'll listen to another tune by The Shelters. This is Rebel Heart. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.